Hey gang, Melissa Hanalt here with the Burnout to All Out podcast. I'm a mom of three corporate burnout that built a secondary six figure income around my nine to five with little kids. This set me free and allowed me to fire my boss and pursue my wildest dreams. It took grit, persistence, and belief but now operating multiple six-figure businesses as an online entrepreneur and business coach, I have become a serial entrepreneur with a passion to inspire more burnouts to take the leap and go all out and live out their dreams. Each week, I'll bring you inspiring all-out guests, lifestyle business tips and tools to empower you to take the leap from burnout employee to all-out entrepreneur, making your passion your paycheck. If this mom of three corporate burnout can go all out, so can you. From attorney to reality TV to authoring a book through scaling a network marketing business to now being a social media guru who also runs a top 100 and entrepreneurs podcast. You guys are not going to want to miss this interview with Roxanne, her inspirational stories of the highs and lows of finding herself and going through the journey to becoming the entrepreneur that she is today, but then also rounding out the interview with her giving you some of the best social media tips today to stand out. All right, guys, so, so excited to have Roxanne Wilson with us here today. Roxanne, welcome to the Burnout to All Out podcast. So excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here, Melissa. Yes. <laughs> and we've made a couple of shifts and moves. If you're watching us live, I had to leave the construction site outside of my office because of the jackhammer. So <laughs> I figured it might be a little bit of a distraction. So <laughs> <laughs> no Peloton. I, this is very weird to see you without a Peloton behind you. I'm just I say. know, I know, <laughs> but we'll survive, right? It'll, we'll have a much more crisp recording this way. Oh my gosh. So first of all, let me give a formal introduction to Roxanne because some of my listeners have no idea how amazing you are in the journey you've been on. So for those of you who don't know Roxanne Wilson, let me just tell you a couple things about her. She's been a TV host. She's a radio personality. She's a fitness professional, which I actually want to learn a little bit about that. She's an attorney. She's an author. She's a speaker. She's a reality show survivor from the NBC's The Apprentice. So hopefully we'll unpack a little bit of this today. But also now she's a top 100. She's in the top 100 entrepreneur podcast called Rocks Talks. So you guys should totally go check that out. On top of being a social media guru and teaching direct people in direct sales how to really stand out in social media. So Roxanne, we're so we're just so excited to have you as a guest with our community today and uh, hear your journey and learn a little bit from you. Well, thank you for having me here. You say all those things. I'm like, did I do that? I guess I did. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not even sure how we connected other than the beauty of social media and kind of finding each other. That's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. So Roxanne, I love to start my podcast by getting straight to what I call the burnout to all out moment. Okay. So when I was kind of looking back at your history and really practicing law at a huge law firm, an autism law firm, there was this like pivotal moment for you Mm -hmm. where you, your dreams had changed and it was time to make a pivot. 
And I call it that kind of the burnout to all out moment. I'm not sure I shouldn't put words in your mouth. I don't know if you're burnout, like, but can you bring us back to that moment? And what inspired you or just kind of take us on that initial journey and that major pivot that you made? Absolutely. First realized that ever since I was four years old, I knew I wanted to be a Supreme Court justice. Sandra Day O'Connor was my hero. She was my jam. And I told anyone who would listen and even those who wouldn't that I was going to be a Supreme Court justice. That was just like a foregone conclusion. (sighs) Going to undergrad was just this thing I had to do to get to law school. And so it's wild that I would one day be like, I'm out of (laughs) here. I mean, seriously. After going to law school, which I loved, I clerked for the Texas Supreme Court and then I was working as an appellate attorney um, at a big firm there. And, and so just appellate, I know that's a weird word. Appellate attorney is someone who, who basically does a lot of research and writing. So when someone loses a case, appeal it to the different courts. And if you could imagine, like I was doing that with companies, like one company had too much money and they're mad another company who had too much money and they're fighting. And this was like my life. Right. And I'm doing research and writing and I'm a talker. And I was seeing that I was around you know, I was at this big firm. There are very few women who were partners. And those who were partners were either A, they didn't have kids, which at the time I was like, I want to have kids. This needs to happen. And then, or they had kids and the kids, I'm not kidding. When they did come up would call with their nanny would call their nanny mom. Mm. And I was just like, and I was seeing partners sleeping with secretary, all the things. And I thought to myself, at first, I'm like, I'm better than that. That's not going to happen to me. I would, that would never happen to me. And then finally, I was like, Roxanne, if you're around it, it's arrogant for me to think that I'm just going to be different if I live in this life day in, day out Mm. all the time. Mm. So I had, it was about 11, 10, 11 o'clock at night on a Friday night. And in, in Austin, there's something called the ROT rally or the ROT, uh, the ROT rally, which is Republic of Texas rally. And it is a motorcycle rally and people in motorcycle who own motorcycles from all around the country drive to enjoy this rally and they drive up and down the streets and all the things. And so if you're familiar with Austin, sixth street is like the jam. And I'm, I was in at the time, the largest building in Austin. And so I had this view where I could see these motorcycles go back and forth. And I just was like, man, they are so passionate to drive all the way there. And do-. I'm like, they are passionate at what they're doing. And I just realized I'm not passionate about what I'm doing. In fact, mm. I was enjoying waking up to teach a 6 a.m. jazzercise class before I went into the law firm. That was giving more joy than the rest of my day. And so, wow, yeah, I got down on my knees and I was like, okay. And, and when I got back up after praying, I knew that I needed to find something new within three months that I just, I needed to go, you know, when you're in your twenties, you have like, you just do things. It's not you're invincible. Like, yeah. yeah. But, 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 but it's like, just, you do it. And so that was yeah. my, I knew that that yeah. things needed to change and, and they did. You know, it's incredible actually that you had that epiphany in your twenties, right? Like I feel like in your twenties, you're a little bit more, you're not quite as risk adverse as mm-hmm. like being in your forties and being tied to certain things and responsibility, right? I love that. I love that. Okay. So you knew that you are made for more, but you'd spent this time and this money on this degree. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so I know I had my own struggles with pivoting away from a doctorate in pharmacy and doing something completely different, like cannonballing into network marketing and social selling and people being like, what? Did you have any... I guess you were young at at that time, but Mm -hmm. was there any like thought process of like, gosh what will my family think or what oh, will, yeah. Can you talk about that? I can't. And I think, you know, one of the great things about being young is that you don't realize 
all of like how wild you're like how wild it is to do that. But at the same time, it means you don't really know your path. So for me, I just was like, I'm out, boom, not like I should have a plan. And I should, and that's just, you know, so it's funny how that works. Yeah, I was, I was totally, totally concerned. So for me, my exit was to get on a reality show. (laughs) That's what you do when you want to get out of law. So there just happened to be auditions for The Apprentice that were going on. And I got the phone call from the young alum. I went to Baylor University saying, hey, can you get the word out? Because they're having a special day where they're allowing people who are alum from business schools in Texas to like skip the whole cattle call lines and get guaranteed interview with the casting director. So I was like, sure, I'll get the word out. And I'm like, wait a moment. I went to business school. I've watched the show. I could totally do that. This is what I'm thinking in my 20s. That's so easy. I could totally do that. And you said you needed to get out of here, Roxanne. And so I auditioned and one thing led to another. And next thing I know, I was flying to New York to be on The Apprentice and eventually get get fired by President Trump on TV. I was like, <laughs> that happened. Uh, again, when you're young, and I just knew I was going to get on. I just knew. Like, there was no doubt in my mind. But, so that was like the the transition. Still, when I left law, after the show was over, and I made the final four, then got fired. And then when the show was over, I said, thank you so much. I'm leaving the firm. And people were like, are you okay? I mean, they thought something was wrong with me and I must be going into a mental hospital because for lawyers, although every, no, I shouldn't say every, most lawyers do not enjoy what they're doing. But the idea that you would leave, you have the gall or the audacity to leave that, I'm sure it's similar in pharmacy. It's like, you must be crazy. Even though there's quietly, quietly saying, man, I wish I'd done that. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I'll never forget when I told my boss I was leaving, he like thought I'd lost my mind. He said, Melissa, unless you're independently wealthy, like you need to just like reconsider, like you're just emotional right now. They, mm-hmm. Cause it's all he'd known for, you know, he's like in his sixties. It was just, he couldn't imagine giving up a high power mm-hmm. career. Right. Exactly. And, and, and that was, that was a couple of decades. Now I'm like, that was like almost 20 years ago. But when I think back to that as well, back now it's more acceptable to leave where you are and go somewhere else. It really was not. That was wackadoo. And my parents are professors. They're, I was the first to be born in the States. They immigrated, I should say, from Trinidad, Tobago. And education is always everything. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go do a reality show, mom and dad. I thought they were going to just, but they just were like, we accept, okay, we, okay. And they just trusted the process and just. That's awesome. Now, I don't know if they really did, but that's what they told me. <laughs> that's, I think that they, they, there were some gray hairs that happened, but they just kind of went with it. And my sisters thought it was awesome. So there's that. So cool. Okay. So then I, you wrote a book. I right? did about my experience on the Can show. You t- tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So I was a big journaler and I should get back into that. I haven't lately, but I go, I go in waves, but I journaled the entire time I was there wow. and I had my prayers and my journals all inside there. And so I took that and I um, ended up making a, uh, writing a book called, gosh, I don't even know what it's called. It's been that long. I can look at it. It's called Footprints in the Boardroom. Hello. <laughs> and it was all about like just, it's about faith in business because people think those two things cannot Near two, the two shall meet, and that's just not the case. Oh, and so yeah. I wrote about my experience and, and just how faith got me through such a odd experience. Realize I got there, and there are people there who had like five companies and had done all these things, and I'm like, I'm a lawyer. <laughs> like, right. what am I doing here? Yeah. Um, so faith really got me through that experience for sure. That's incredible. And were you the only female? No. So I was the only African-American period, but I wasn't the only female. They're probably, it was probably, 
I mean, I don't. You're a minority for sure as far as that goes. Mm Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love this though. Like that whole concept of like business and faith. Have you read the book, The Circle Maker? Have you heard of Mark Mark Batterson? I saw that about you in the book that you wrote and I thought, oh my gosh. So it's all about having just these bold, audacious dreams, including in business in a way that like, uh, this is why, why I thought about you is like, if you have these audacious goals and dreams and impact with your business Mm -hmm. that are so audacious and bold, especially when you relate it to entrepreneurs, that when you succeed, there's no other attribution than to God and the glory. It gives him the chance to show off when you have these crazy dreams and goals. So anyway, it made me think of you when I was reading about the book that you read, I was like, Oh, I bet she's like, she's heard of. So you have to check out Mark Batterson. You probably love this work. Yeah. So cool. Okay. Then you went on to host iHeartMedia. iHeartRadio's media's family-friendly morning. So how did that trend your research? Oh my goodness. Yes, (laughs) I did. Somewhere in the, you know, I think that everything you do in life prepares you for what you're doing in the future. And we need to listen to ourselves more. So I will not, like, I do remember that when I was in undergrad, the view came out. That was like, the view was like interesting, you know, and they Mm -hmm. had like people from different age groups. And I remember going, man, I'd love to be that 20 something on the view. And I, and I thought that would be so amazing. But I'm like, but you're going to be, I'm doing this thing, this law thing. But that like desire was in there. And I think that is what made me feel comfortable going on and doing the reality show. When I left, when the show was over, I traveled around speaking to women's groups about faith and business for quite some time. And I had like one foot in Austin and one foot in LA and one foot in, and a third foot because I have three feet in New York. And that just doesn't work. And so I said, okay, where does your heart want you to be? And I'm like, I kind of still want to be in Austin. I'm enjoying that. And this is what I mean about leaving without a plan. <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm leaving. I don't know where I'm going. Just going to figure this out. But I did end up being a host for back, back in the day. It was called Clear Channel. Now it's iHeartRadio. And it was a morning host for Friendly Morning. So I did that for a couple of years. And that was a great experience. It was humbling. You know, you mm-hmm. think that you know what you're doing. And mm-hmm. then you get out there and... What I learned was, hey, Roxanne, even though you're great on camera, because I'm very emotive, mm-hmm. my voice was like flat on the radio. And I had to learn. To, oh. I, who knew? I'm <laughs> better now. <laughs> I had to learn that skill of all that emotion that came through my eyes and my face, facial expressions, mm-hmm. to get that through through audio. Oh. Yeah, you never realize. You just think, oh, I could do that. I'm like, oh. So tangent. But have you started playing in Clubhouse then? Oh, yes. <laughs> of course. How could you not? Um, oh, my gosh. Because I'm like, I did recently. My team was like, you've got to get over there. So we'll have to connect. That would be fun, too. Would um, be fun. Okay. So this is so cool. So I'm loving hearing your journey. And ultimately, your path led you to a network marketing business as well. It did. It did. So radio, then I did home shopping. And then as a home shopping host, when I realized, wow, you're burnt out, Roxanne. Another burnout. A burnout of yeah, like- Series of burnouts, right? Everybody has them. Series of burnouts. Yes. And it's a good, that's a good point. And I took a step back. That was when network marketing kind of found me. My friend was, was, had just joined and I was like, I, I'll be honest. I always thought I would never do something like me that. Me too. Me too. I was better than that. Right? Oh, so much better. I remember my piano teacher had what I called the Mary Kay closet and she'd open it. It was like, oh, these Mary yeah. Kay. It was, that was never, I remember getting invited to parties, but I thought I was just going over to a friend's house. And next thing you know, it was like this party is to sell like random, I won't say the name of the companies. And I'm like, are you serious? I thought we we're going to hang out. And they were all in. So I would never like, that is not, nope, nope, not, not me. And I thought, well, you know, maybe. So I went to an event 
I saw people who were speaking that were were people who had corporate jobs that were now doing this, or they were a lawyer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, you know, Roxanne, yeah. If you're going to do it, now's the time because you're just right. kind of like breathing right now. So I dove in and I said to myself, I'm going to do what they say. I'm going to be coachable <laughs> and I'm going to do it there. I'm going to dive in because I'm big at, I'm in type A and I'll do what they say and see what happens mm-hmm. because I've always had this idea of I'm better than this, but maybe you're not. So let's try this. Right. I had great success, mm-hmm. uh, but I was, I had great success, but I wasn't myself, if that makes ah, sense. Ah, Okay. Yeah. So you followed their way, but it didn't feel. It wasn't me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It wasn't me. And when I started doing things that were more me, of course, I found more success in it. Yeah. So finding how that works. I think one of the things we think in network marketing is I've got to be, it's, it's duplicatable. It's, you know, it's an about build business in a box. And if I just do what she did, well, she's not you. hundred percent. And the big thing we forget, and I, and I say we network marketing. If I could sit down every head sales director, whatever they call them, of, and I would love to, like this is one of my dreams, sit them all down from network marketing in the room, and I just want to say to them, and ask them, why are you trying to, for lack of a better word, forgive me, whitewash all of your consultants? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is like the thing, that's the kiss of death. Like yeah. let them be themselves mm. because that's why their their audience is attracted to them. They could care less about your product. Yes. They could care less. I, they're so, I mean, I, I always say, you know, what is the difference that's going to make them say, I want to buy Melissa's product as opposed to stopping in any place between where I work worship and work out at home. Mm-hmm. It's not the product. It's because I really like Melissa mm-hmm. and I connected with her in some way. Yeah. So it just drives me like, but of course I've, I, I started out being like, let me just be coachable. And I thought, Roxanne, you have a business degree. You have what I like to call a master's from the apprentice. You have experience, you know, what works. Mm-hmm. And when I started kicking that into gear, I saw the difference. But then I also was like, I don't want to do this network marketing. <laughs> But I want to help network marketers become yeah. empowered and understand that it's okay. It, you know, I think for so long people thought if I think a little differently than my upline, something's wrong with me. Or maybe yeah. it's not wrong with you. Yeah. Maybe lean into that and think bigger than just what you're being told. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That resonates so much with me. You know, when I, and I think you and I talked about this a little bit in our interview with you. And that was that everyone in my upline had been recruiting a certain way and it worked well for them because that's where their people were hanging out. What they were coached was working well for them. And I started to make that right towards LinkedIn because, and you and I talked about this, I found that that's where my people were hanging out as a corporate professional. I was having way more success telling stories and communicating with people on that platform than I was with a lot of the stay-at-home moms on the other platforms. And so to your point, going against the grain, I think I I just love and appreciate what you're saying about like, if you're, if you're having success going in a different direction than your upline, like keep going, keep going. going. Yes. And that's a perfect example. Your personal example is so dead on and it just, we lose for, there's something about network marketing where we, we check our brain at the door. And it happens a lot with social media and, and the things that you're being, people are being told to do on social media. And it's like, but would you, is that how you would normally talk to someone? Is that how you would talk to a stranger or a friend? No, it's not. So why should we suddenly like have these Hey Girl scripts? How are you doing when uh-huh. you never use the term Hey Girl ever in your life? Like, doesn't it make right. sense? 
Right. Oh my gosh. So true. Well, this is a great segue into kind of your specialty as kind of a social media guru and coaching people in direct sales on how to properly use social media, right? Yeah. Um, I'd love for you just like to pick your brain if you could maybe share with us maybe top three tips, maybe fatal mistakes you've seen or top three tips on how to stand out and navigate social media today. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. You know, I always say that I, you know, I'm like, I'm Rock, Roxanne Wilson, uh, the host of Rock Talks, the podcast that helps network marketers become the CEOs of their business. And I say that be, and people are like, what does she mean by that? Because I really do want you to make decisions for yourself. And if you're in, you know, the thing is, Melissa, people in your group are already saying, I'm going to do something that I think works better for me, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. People find at different stages, like, becoming the CEO you means different things. And for what what I, all in all, it's you making decisions for yourself and being okay with that and knowing how to make informed decisions. Some specific social media things I would say, uh, first and foremost, you less is more. There's this theory going on around that A, you have to be on every social media platform. That is not true. You could be on one platform and have a raving success of a business. If you lean in and learn what's going on on that platform and use it to your advantage, you do not have to be everywhere. The other thing is you do not, there's there's these weird things going around saying that you have to like post five times a day on your social media. Like, can you imagine? I think I would just, I would go Brittany on people. I'd shave my head. I'd be done. That's crazy pants. And so- If you're hearing that and you can't keep up, there's a reason you can't keep up. It's because you shouldn't keep up. And most, and honestly, the algorithm actually tells you not to do that. Right. So, which goes back to thinking for yourself. So you ask yourself, who is telling me to do this? And if they're like, it worked for me, how are they judging that it actually worked for them? Because I often find that people say, oh, this is so great. This worked for me. But if they look back on their metrics, because you can see what's working, they'd have a different skew on it. So that would be another thing. And I think one big thing that has just been a pet peeve of mine lately, and by lately, I mean for the last few years, (laughs) it's not going away. You know how like the joke is like mom jeans are circa, well, 80s, although I see them. I walk now. I was like, although they're back now. So it's not a good example. 2017 social media is different from 2021 social media. Mm -hmm. And in network marketing, we're still teaching or they're still teaching 2017 pre pre when the algorithm switched, when Facebook realized these network marketers are using our platform for free and making a lot of money on it. There were things that people get away with that you can't get away with now. One of the things that if you want, you've probably noticed if you're on social media, especially on Facebook, and you're like, gosh, I'll post something about my business, my product, and like nobody sees it, but other people in my company. Yeah, that's that's intentional. (laughs) So one of the things that you can do to stop this right now, and this is like a PSA that I just wish everyone would tell their upline, downline, sideline, aroundline, whatever you want to call the line, is stop liking and commenting on your up anyone in your company's post. Oh my gosh, it's so true. It drives me nuts. If somebody will make a post and the only people commenting are clearly aligned in their business and they're thinking that's boosting it in the feed. It's boosting it at the top. And okay, so Facebook has figured that out. Oh yes. And they figured it out for a while. So not only they so first of all, but let's go back because Melissa, I know I just know you feel me on this. First of all, for us to think that anyone who's not in our company can't see through the fact that all these people are like, oh that's amazing. I love it. Oh my gosh, tell me more. I want one. Come on, y'all. People are smarter than that. They're smarter. So first and foremost, that's just annoying to people that, that your your friends and clients and, and yep. potential clients. But fa- Facebook 
what Facebook does is this. If you interact with some, so let's, Melissa, let's use you as an example. If Melissa posts something about Better Boot, we'll pretend it's network marketing, it's it's kombucha. And she's, so she posts about her Better Boot and I'm on her team and I comment and like it. I love the Better Boot. Guess what's going to happen? I'm telling Facebook that I like that post. So Facebook says, okay, well, since Roxanne likes that post, I'm going to show Roxanne all of the posts where Melissa talks about Better Booch. They are not going to say, let me show it to all of Melissa's other people. They're going to yeah. show it to all of the people who commented on it. So yeah. you're having a conversation with yourself. So good. You're, so Roxanne, you're hitting on something that I coach on on day one mm -hmm. in my LinkedIn group. It's that I know, I don't know that you play a whole lot on LinkedIn, but it's it's the same concept. <laughs> So what I coach to my students is when they first come in, they have that network marketer mentality of let me friend everyone that's on my team over here on LinkedIn so we can all support each other. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. If you want to be over here recruiting future potential business partners, the more people you connect with, with your current company, the more the algorithms are going to push their crap through your feed and you're not going to see the other people that you potentially could be. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. So I really teach stay in your swim lanes, like use LinkedIn as your business platform to look for business partners, mm -hmm. use Facebook to communicate with your team, like mm -hmm. you love and coach and support people over on Facebook, because that's what it's kind of transitioned into is where teams manage communities and stuff with the with the folks that I'm coaching. So I'm like, politely send the messages and DMs on LinkedIn that say thanks for the request to connect. But we'll stay connected over on Facebook. I'm trying to keep my, my swim lanes clean over here. Yeah. So do th that's awesome. Have that community in the groups and just let people know y'all, I'm not going to be liking your co or commenting um, yes. because Facebook's out. Blame it on the algorithm. You can blame it on me. That's fine. And people are like, but I don't want to be mean. You're being mean by commenting. You are mean by commenting. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for underscoring that. Hey, hey you. Yeah, you. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to interrupt for a quick second to fill you in on what's up in the LinkedIn Academy this month, along with all the modules and workshops that I've put together to condense the time it will take to help you 10X your business. I've recently had three incredible world-renowned guest speakers inside the Academy exclusively coaching students to level up in their mindset. What's happening is the students are not only creating the business they've always wanted, but they're having shifts in their mindset at the same time to live their best life possible. Head to my website, livethefreelife.co and click the LinkedIn Method Academy to learn more. Yes, so good. And you know, it's funny that this is even kind of a tangent, but even with my own network marketing team, I over the past year, I don't like or comment anything that they do. And we had to have the conversation about it. I'm like, you guys are wasting your time anyway. If you're just in there loving and liking and commenting on each other's crap, like that's not income producing. I would rather you spend those 30 minutes networking and connecting and providing value for new people Absolutely. than to spend 30 minutes stroking each other's egos. Like, regardless of the algorithms. Yeah, <laughs> you're right though. It's absolutely right. So that's, that's, that's one thing. Another thing I would say is this, understand what the purpose of social media is for your business. Mm. 
in theory, you think if I post something, then they'll buy it. That is not actually your goal for social media. Your goal is to get engagement. Mm. Your goal is to deepen the, I say no like and trust. I know most of you say no love and trust factor. That's your goal on social media. So when someone responds back or DMs you, that's a win. Don't mm. be bad if like, oh my gosh, I posted that and nobody bought it. Well, that's okay because that's realistically it takes time and you think about how long it takes you unless it's like something I mean it's got to be something major that I just buy it in, or it's like late at night um as <laughs> that happens but unless it takes time you think about something you know when you want it, and when you want it you get it so but you have that relationship and you learn more about it so understand mm-hmm. when you're posting it it's marketing people don't I mean even except for maybe Domino's people don't look at the TV see a pizza and then buy it unless right. it's my guy, Scott, and then he's always like, I'm hungry. I'm like, you don't even eat Popeyes. What are you doing? Stop watching that commercial. (laughs) But so understand that if you understand that and you set your expectations up well for social media and you build out that funnel, so you are leading them to getting them on your list in some way, whether that's email list, you've got an opt-in, then you, then it works. It works. But if you're focused on, I've got to do, I've got to sell, 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 People want value. They don't want you to be sold to. They want you to give them value. Mm, so good. So good. It's all about value and engagement. I love one it. More, if you don't mind. I want one more. Yeah, go for it. Because I'm seeing a lot of this. Okay, so please don't think that just because there's the newest thing. Like, for example, Melissa and I are talking about Clubhouse. And I enjoy Clubhouse. And I'm seeing you do too. But if it's not for you, it's okay. Like, that is okay. And I say that really to go to Reels slash TikTok because – what I'm seeing is a lot of network marketers thinking they have to spend all these time making these reels. Mm-hmm. And I got to dance and I got to do this and I got to like do a voiceover. And and I often look at them like, Roxanne, don't you think this is great? I'm like, it's cute. But what was the purpose of that? Mm-hmm. How did that How did that build your business in any way or set you up as an expert? Mm-hmm. And when they're like, mm, I don't really think you did. I'm like, well, then you spent time doing something, but don't consider that work. Right. That work. Yeah. Good time on, on reels. So just know like what is your purpose and it is okay to do like a, if you are going to do reels, it's okay to do one where you're giving value and information. People ex- appreciate that. Yeah. Maybe it's not going to go viral, but that's just a number. Like really yeah. that's a number. Like, so you put your cat on your cat had a good time on a reel. Does that sell a product? Does that get people to know like you trust you anymore? No, that's a waste of your time. Oh, so good. Well, and I'll tell you the whole clubhouse topic. I know that I know that I know that it's like Pandora's box and this mastermind I'm in an unstoppable entrepreneurs, everybody's talking about it. And, but I know like, to your point, it's like right now it's like sticking with what's working and you know, there's only so much time in a day. Mm-hmm. And so I, my brand team forced me to open up a clubhouse account the other day, <laughs> but I have refused to learn it because I'm, I'm afraid of the time suck. <laughs> Yeah. What will happen that pulls me away from what's working. So it's not that I'm not open to new things, but to your point, it's a balance of like, if you're on a roll and that train's working, like you just got to be careful where you're spending your time, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, that's a, that's a great example on Clubhouse. Like for me, I do one Clubhouse room or show, what do you want to call it? A week. That's I awesome. do a 30 minute one on Friday mornings and that is it. Because you can get sucked in like crazy. And I'm like, "Ah, it's not, other things are working for me. There's other, other things I need to be focusing on right now. So I'm like, I'm in clubhouse, but I'm not like the clubhouse president. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Yeah. It's on my like bucket list to like make a little bit of space and start learning it. It's, you're right. There's so many platforms. You just have to kind of pick 
what's what's working for you. You know, I've I've got a girl on my mastermind who's the Instagram queen, and she's the same same industry in network marketing. She's doing it completely different and driving crazy results, right? So it's like you just have to know where your people are and and not spread yourself too thin. You know. Yeah. For sure. Well, this has been so good. I kind of lifestyle questions for you before we wrap up because so you you taught fitness. I so did. two things I would love to hear is just like your fitness routine and your morning routine and what what book you're reading right now. Oh, fun. Oh, these are fun. Okay. So yes, I taught jazzercise for 15 years. I know that crazy. I retired when I moved to California five, about five years ago now. And then I was Equinox all that, like I did my, that was my jam. Well, the gyms here in Cal, we're still in lockdown here. I know that's the weird. The gyms aren't open at all? Oh no, honey. Heck no. Yeah. So which forced me to lean into the Peloton. And so I have a Peloton right over there. I have a Peloton and I committed to myself for working, working out in some way. Cause there was a time during that I just stopped working out. I'm like, well, Equinox is closed. What am I going to do? I don't like working out at home, but the Peloton has such a great community aspect that I enjoy it. So yeah. every day I must get on the Peloton. When I made the decision, it was Thanksgiving weekend. And so I purchased it and then did the app. So since that Saturday, I've been on, I, well, I didn't have the bike yet, but I've been, I've done some type of workout, but I'm amping it up. Like I'm ramping it up now. So the bike got here on in January. I did my first 60 minute class. I'm the girl who'll do a bunch of 20 minute classes, but to commit to someone to give you 60 minutes of my time, how do I know you're going to give me the right music? It's like dating. <laughs> oh my gosh. Have you ever gotten a couple minutes in and you're like, no, this playlist isn't going to work for me. And you go pick another one. <laughs> my fear because I'd make myself stay there. And I'd be, so I, there was one, I'm like, oh, and I was just so annoyed. I was 20 minutes. So like, to me, it's like bases, like dating. And so I'm like, I'm not ready to go to third base with you yet. But Jess and I went all the way on Monday, 60 okay. minute boot camp. On the bike? On the bike. Mm -hmm. Jess Sims. I love Jess Sims. I, I do her 60 minute treadmill boot camps. All like I did one today. I'm sure they're amazing because she's amazing. Yeah. So I did 60 minute. And so I did that and I'm like, I'm feeling all good. And so I usually do a boot camp during the week. So I do yes. like today I did a 45. I did a 45 yesterday as well, too. I try and get enough in to make sure I hit my numbers on. I'm very competitive. <laughs> so must must get my rings closed. The only ring I'm not worried about is the standing one because I'm like, listen, I this I'm here all the time. Right. Right. My cards, I'm good. And then my book. Oh, hold, please. Let me show you. Because I'm so excited. And I'm glad I was wearing pants for this, too, because I didn't know I was going to get up. Hey, it's the life of an entrepreneur. Home shopping back in those days. I used to watch Jamie Kern Lima the founder of It Cosmetics. I remember when she started her business on QVC. And of course, now it's huge and billion dollars. She sold it for a billion dollars and all the things. But oh, she's wow. a book called Believe It. Believe and It. Her story of creating this, creating the It, it, it Cosmetics and like how she got there and all the things. So last, a week ago Monday, she had a, you'll, you'll get a kick out of this. She had a book launch, like one day summit type of thing where she had Robin Roberts was on there. Jay Shetty. She had Mel Robbins, Brendan Bouchard. Oh, Tony Robbins, you know, people, small people, just small, all, people. small people, just small people. And it was a whole day long. My sister actually saw it and I was like, oh yeah. Cause I'd already bought the book and was waiting for it. But what was so great about it is with this book, and this is, I'm going to try and sell this book to all of you right now. She's giving a hundred percent of the proceeds to, let me get the name of the, the feeding, feeding America. Oh, wow. So feeding people with this book. I'm like, ah, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking That's about it. So awesome. Awesome. That so, is so awesome. Yeah. I it's love so it. awesome to be in a place where you 
have established yourself like that and you're able to put something out there into the universe that literally has no other purpose than to educate people and feed people. Absolutely. Like, so yeah. cool. Oh my gosh. Well, this has been incredible. So Roxanne, what do you have going on right now? Where can people find you? Yes. Good question. Okay. So right now, as like we're recording, March is, it is Women's History Month, but it also happens to be live video or video streaming month around my parts. So right now we're doing a live video challenge. All are welcome. It is free. And it's just getting people into the rhythm of a structured live video without feeling like you have to be talking forever. <laughs> oh, that would be great for my community. All of you guys in the Academy watching, you got to go find Roxanne and get the structure on this. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So re really you can just, it's all done in the Facebook group. No emails, nothing. It's just real chill. Cause you know, I just finished yeah. summit. So everything's like real chill. And the Facebook group is social media for network marketers. Okay. Really awesome. Yeah. And we'll put that in the show notes for the podcast too, for those who are listening to the podcast a little bit later. Awesome. So that's, that's a great value add. I, I, I think that I don't know about the other platforms because obviously I'm just, I don't hang out there as much, but I know on LinkedIn lives get like such organic reach because people aren't willing to do it. And it's not even necessarily lives. It's even just video in yeah. general, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, video is where it's at for sure. And then live, of course, has that extra element. People feel like you're being more authentic because you didn't, not that we're, any of us are big like editors anyway, but it's just that it, we feel that way. It's a great, and it's not going anywhere. I mean, I tell people, Hey y'all, it's on LinkedIn now. If it's on LinkedIn. It's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And so teaching network marketers, how to use that to their benefit and how to get over the fear. Cause that's an issue for a lot of people, but then also how to get in and get out. Make this yeah. a video. Let's get in, get out. Give me some information. I'm excited and can't wait to see you next time. So oh, that's really good. One last thing then, because LinkedIn recently came out with stories. <laughs> <laughs> Are you social media or not LinkedIn? Make up your mind. <laughs> so any insights as to what works really well with stories on Instagram that maybe uh -huh. you could carry over to the, the LinkedIn stories place? Yes. And you'll have to, you'll have to educate me a little bit. Like I, I laugh, but really I got on to LinkedIn today because of Melissa. <laughs> like, Melissa, you're making me get on. I've been on in months, but oh. you'll have to educate me because when stories started on Facebook, it was a great place to, for new, they were showing it to brand new people who weren't following you. Is that the case right now with LinkedIn or is yeah, that? You can, you're like people you're not connected to actually people you're not connected to see your stories. And that's okay. where you can see people who are not in your network and you can like, you know, reach out to them. Perfect. Cause it's kind of changed a little bit now. And, and that's reels is more that for Instagram now. Mm -hmm. But so now knowing that I can talk to you circa before. So yes, yeah, stories are fantastic, but people don't want, unless you're a Gen Z or millennial, people don't want to see everything you did all day long. So what I really recommend with stories is to treat them like a story. I know that sounds weird, but I mean, so like amazing, right? But when you're, think about how you can engage, get people to engage with you. So my point is like, for example, you might say something like new book this week. Now, what, what most people, this is what most people do on stories, and this is why it's no good. They're like, mm, I'm reading a book. Here's the book I'm reading. Why does anyone care what book I'm reading? Who am I that they care what book I'm reading? However, if you did something different and said, just got a new book, here's what I'm reading. What are you reading? Everybody wants to tell you what they're reading, and then they're interested. And so if you think about a story as a way to get people to engage back with you, 
Mm. That goes a long way. And then going further, it's a great way for you to find out information about them. So asking yeah. questions where if, and I don't know, does on LinkedIn, do you guys have like polls and stories and different? Yes. Things? Yeah. 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 So using those to find out more about them, yeah. then it actually forecasts and gives you the ability to t- keep on talking about more things about them. So, so good. Well, now I will say you can ask a poll in a post on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. What's different about stories on LinkedIn is that they have a question of the day that LinkedIn produces that you can put into your stories. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you can't actually, but I love what you're saying because one of the things I did with my stories was I actually just showed everybody my standing desk setup in my new office with the the, the bike or the treadmill behind me. And mm-hmm. I asked the question, you know, share with me what your, you know, what's your home, home office setup, you know? And I got a lot of messages back, people like taking pictures and showing me their setup and their ring lights and how their computers were arranged. And people were asking where I got my standing desk from. And exactly. and, and so I guess they do that in DMs on LinkedIn, not directly. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that, that works just as well. And so yeah. that if you ask, think, always think about how can I ask some type of engaging question in the story? It makes it so different. Then it's not about Melissa saying, look at my new desk. It's about what about she wants to know about me. Yeah. So good. Well, Roxanne, this has been so good. I really appreciate you taking time and dealing with the chaos with the jackhammer and everything as we got started. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for having me. Really. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. For free resources, materials, or information on my coaching services, go ahead over to livethefreelife.co. That's livethefreelife.co. Or check out our Facebook community at Burnout to All Out. And make sure you follow Burnout to All Out on Spotify and subscribe to iTunes. And it would truly mean the world to me if you paused for just a second gave me that five-star review of the show and be sure to share this episode with any burnouts you think would be inspired to go all out after hearing this episode.